The offices of Tyler and Tyler sat next to a taxidermy shop with a stuffed coyote in the window. The taxidermist had the bigger awning. Standing curbside, Tom Coleman considered the attorneys he knew. None had a grip like George Tyler Jr.'s. Blunt, calloused, crusted with sunspots, knuckle hair like steel wool. He almost said uncle. You made it, Tom. Sorry to drop in on you. He was supposed to have arrived three days ago. Tom wasn't completely sure what he was doing here now. Yesterday had been his daughter's fifth birthday, and he'd spent it in a twenty-dollar motel room. Today he felt a dead coyote watching him through cloudy glass. I should have called. Never mind that, son. Glad you're here. How was the drive? Long, Tom said, but fine. Any trouble finding the place? No trouble. Tyler must have been pushing seventy, but he didn't seem to notice. His weekday business attire appeared to run towards stiff, dark blue jeans and Tony Llamas. Tom had caught him on the way out, zipping a windbreaker against the sunny March chill. Well, welcome to the Heart City. Tyler nodded down the empty sidewalk, the quiet street. Downtown Valentine. Don't guess it's quite the speed you're used to in Chicago. As Tom started to respond, a big 18-wheeler rumbled past, heading for the highway junction at the end of Maine. He started again and was defeated by a pickup pulling an empty horse trailer. He gave up and nodded at the key ring on Tyler's finger. Is this a bad time? I can come back. Do what? Nah, I was just headed down the street for a bite. You hungry? Tom wasn't. Hung over, getting thirsty, but not hungry. Hell, it's early for lunch. Tyler clapped him on the shoulder. Let's go on in. We'll get the boring stuff out of the way. It sounded like a plan. There were papers to read and sign. Tom pretended to read them and signed. They sat in Tyler's office, one of three small rooms off a small reception area that smelled like new paint. Tyler had a scarred wooden desk cluttered with file folders, a bookcase of legal volumes, a few trout flies and shadow boxes on the walls. They had the place to themselves. I'll have Judy get you copies. She comes in Thursdays. No rush. That one at the bottom. Tyler pointed to another sheet. There you go. Tom scribbled his signature one last time and slid the entire folder back across the desk. His grandfather's executor took the folder up, tapped the spine on the desk, and set it aside. I wish he'd gotten a few more years, he said. Your granddad. He wasn't too old. Tom felt like he should say something else, but he didn't know what. Besides the trick pump, I don't know anything would have killed him. He was a character. Is that the legal term for a cranky old bastard? Tyler barked a laugh. Tough as a whip and half as personable, George Sr. always said. But I liked him. He was a good man. To tell you the truth, Mr. Tyler, I didn't really know him all that well. As a kid, Tom had spent one summer out here, in the Sand Hills, hours west of the Nebraska he knew. 
He'd earned an allowance doing chores on a cow-calf operation his grandfather had owned at the time. This was several years before his grandmother gave in early to the same cancer that killed Zavon and McQueen. He'd been eleven or twelve years old. Beyond that summer, twenty-odd years ago, he'd only seen the man on a handful of occasions. Most of what he knew about Parker Coleman he'd gotten through stories from his dad and uncles. He hadn't even attended the funeral. You could say this is unexpected. Tyler nodded. That's more or less the way your dad put it. Oh, we spoke a bit on the phone the other day. I see. Guess they were thinking of coming out to surprise you. Your mom thought you might use some help settling in.